A pregnant critical care physician finds herself critically ill, which changes her life in so many ways. Welcome to ReachMD Book Club. I'm your host, Dr. John Russell. Today I'm joined by physician and author, Dr. Rana Audish, author of In Shock. So Dr. Audish, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. So your story begins with you working as a critical care physician at seven months of pregnancy. Can you kind of pick up what happens from there? I had really just completed my critical care fellowship and I was pregnant and started having abdominal pain and really within the space of an hour went from having a celebratory dinner with my best friend to being in OB triage, really bleeding out internally from what we didn't know at the time was a tumor in my liver that had burst open and went into a really refractory kind of shock that nearly killed me. And then over the course of this very stormy illness, you suffered almost every type of shock that we have on the medical books, correct? I did. I don't think there are too many procedures that I put my patients through these days that I can't say I've had myself or suffered through that illness myself. And I think one of the things that resonates through your book about your illness is just diagnostic uncertainty. And as physicians, I think we wrestle with that all the time, but it feels kind of different as a patient, does it not? It was shocking how different diagnostic uncertainty felt to me as a patient. I was very comfortable as a critical care physician saying, well, we don't really know, but it will declare itself and no worries, you just sit tight. And as a patient, my goodness, that level of uncertainty really just drove me into fits of anxiety where I would perseverate about all the different possible outcomes. So as an author, you must care about words. And I think one of the things that really struck me about the book is how much word choice when people would come to talk to you, how important it was. Yes. And I don't think I had given appropriate weight to my word choice when I was just a physician. I don't think I understood in many cases how those words would land. For example, when I was told your kidneys aren't cooperating when I was approaching dialysis, I think that that was intended to be, you know, sort of humorful and light and not scary. They were presenting it in a way of, you know, they're just not cooperating. But to me, it felt very blameful, um, as if I weren't doing my part to recover. And, you know, the only reason I felt able to write this book is that I truly recognized myself in every failure. Every word I heard that hurt me, I myself had said probably the week before. It was just that shift in perspective that really granted me that insight that was invaluable. And I think one of the things that's very interesting about this book is, you know, lots of us work as physicians, but not many of us really work on the front line of life and death like you do every day. And it was just kind of so interesting that this is not a world that's foreign to you, right? But some of us who are outpatient physicians being critically on the ICU might not have been something that we've really been in an ICU since we were in training. So how did that feel different? And a lot of these must have been colleagues that you were dealing with. Absolutely. I was cared for exclusively by my colleagues and by the respiratory therapists that I worked with and the nurses that I worked with and even in some cases the fellows in residence that I had trained. 
The ICU is a foreign place, I think, to everybody. It's a very unique microcosm of illness where it's only the most severe life-shattering injuries that we really see. And to be a patient there and to know all of the attendant risks of the high-risk medications and the ventilators and everything in that unit felt so acute to me as a patient in a way that I had become a little bit complacent about as a physician. Did it feel a little bit like Alice through the looking glass? Yes. I lobbied hard to have that sort of a title, but we ended up within shock. So being on the other side, what were some of the things that most surprised you um, on how the system worked as a patient? What most surprised me, honestly, was how different what I needed as a patient was from what I thought my patients needed from me when I was just a physician. So when I was a physician, I really believed my job was to get my patients as well as possible, as quickly as possible, in the safest way possible. And I didn't spend a lot of time attending to suffering because I felt that that would just delay the care, that the suffering would be alleviated as soon as the disease was treated. And as a patient... I honestly didn't feel I could accept treatment if I didn't feel that I was seen, that my suffering was witnessed, that people understood my fears about my condition and possibly even the treatments. And that was a revelation to me, how much of that emotional milieu had been lost on me. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to ReachMD Book Club. I'm your host, Dr. John Russell. Today, we're talking with physician and author, Dr. Rana Audish, author of In Shock. So then after the illness, you had lost a pregnancy in, in part of the first illness, and eventually you emerge having a successful pregnancy, and you've now emerged as someone who works at your hospital about the patient experience. So as you're tar- trying to talk to our colleagues, you know, what are some of the things you're now trying to teach people about the patient experience, and how can we do things better? What? led me to that work was honestly realizing that if what I needed from my physicians was connection and conversations that were not damaging, then that wasn't something we were trained in. And I knew I didn't have those tools going into, you know, my career as an attending. And so we sort of dialed it back and said, what are the tools we wish we had had? How do you have a really hard discussion? What are the roadmaps that are best practices for giving serious news? What are the roadmaps for just initiating a new medication and talking about side effects? You know, I think physicians in general are very smart. In a large way, we depend on them to just get these parts of it right because the medicine's so hard. So we figure we'll teach the medicine. But these parts are more critical to the patient. And I think we can do a lot of damage if we don't train physicians in communication and empathy right from the very beginning. So if we're redesigning care, what would be some of the things that you would have as part of redesigning care? So having patient voices involved in that redesign, I think, is critical. We're at sort of a tipping point when it comes to our comfort level with having patients at the table. 
a lot of institutions are, are forging that path, and there are lots of patient and family advisory councils, but I don't think that we're involving them at the, the really grassroots level that they could be where they're forming policy, and their voice is everything. The idea that we've spent this long trying to create best care practices without that is kind of crazy-making. But for an ideal care situation, I really think it needs to be team-based. I think everyone's role on the team has to be working at top of license and allowing space for those really important conversations to occur. You know, we all have mission conflict and sort of creep into our day of all of these regulatory and insurance issues and offloading that from providers so that they can truly have these meaningful interactions that will promote resiliency in their career and joy in work, I think that will be the act of transformative organization. So one of the parts of the books that really touched me, you wrote about a young OB resident who came in to talk about the loss of your baby who broke down in front of you. And to me, it just kind of talks about us just being on the front line of patient suffering and, and how that causes us to suffer ourselves. And what do we need to do about the suffering that physicians feel being on the front lines of a lot of sad things that happen to patients? That's, I think, one of the most exciting areas of growth that I've seen in the last year is really naming physician suffering. And there's some really great work being done in that sphere. You know, we all accept the parts of our job that are inherent stress and suffering. We know we're going to see sad things, but we need to build resilient systems around people so that they can recover. And there's work being done in terms of how we debrief after these incidents. There are wonderful Schwartz center rounds that occur at hospitals across the country and really across the world where people can get together and talk about the emotional aspects of care. There's narrative medicine being brought in, so people are really journaling in a sort of parallel charting way when they have a difficult event. Lots of exciting work being built, but I think what we have to remember is that we can't tell people they need to find resilience within themselves. We have to build an organization that's resilient, that can catch these people and lift them when they fall. So things like balance groups, and are you doing some of those things with your young trainees besides some of the things you talked about, just smaller groups just talking about how hard it is to be a critical care physician? We are. You know, I did a great event just last night with the women in medicine and science at Wayne State University, and it really is just a safe space to sit and talk about the parts of your day that you don't talk about during your day. So when, you know, we had an ER physician who said her first case of the morning was a SIDS death, an infant that had died, and the mother brought the baby in, and she still worked a 12-hour shift after that. And she never stopped during that shift to grieve that loss. And those sorts of things, the traumas that we carry with us, you know, it affects us, and we deserve to have a venue where in a safe community we can talk about it. And I don't think if we don't start taking care of the physicians and the nurse practitioners and all the other folks who work in the medical space, if we don't start taking care of their emotional needs, there really aren't going to be people left to take care of us. 
Absolutely. You can't give from a pot that's empty, right? It has to be filled and it's our obligation to make sure that we do that. And one of the, just the last things to talk about is you write in the book kind of later on is, is how you often will share your experience, especially with a critically ill pregnant woman. You'll tell your journey. And how does it feel? Because sometimes some people in medicine don't like to tell their own journey. And like the white coat is very insulating and protective. What's it like to be sharing your narrative with patients? You know, I've tried it both ways. I tried the austere distance and the self-protected and I'm different. I'm wearing a white coat. I'm on the side of health and you're on the side of disease. And then I tried the open channel. And what I realized is that if I wanted compassion, I had to open those channels. If I wanted empathy, it could be reciprocal, but it had to be in a space where I was willing to give of myself. And having tried it both ways, I can tell you that I would never go back to being self-protective because I didn't gain anything. It was a false equivalence. It was imaginary. And in the end, it didn't serve me. And I'm not sure it served the patients either. There is a line, of course. I think everyone has a, a personal privacy line that they shouldn't cross. But there's a lot still before you get to that line that's a value. I think that's really so, so true. The book is In Shock, Dr. Rana Adish, a beautiful book. I think an incredible journey. And I think a lot of things I think we can learn about how we interact with patients and how we help patients on their journeys. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. To listen to more episodes in this series, please tune in to ReachMD.com slash book club.